it really excites me to see when when we come and go on a customer call and they tell us, uh, so what's new? And we showed them a new capability that we built or delivered. And they said, oh God, I, I didn't realize that this is what I needed, but this is really what I needed. And this is great that you came with this because I didn't know how to kind of express my specific need. Entrepreneurs need to be very good uh, product people in order to um, shape the right strategy and product strategy within the company. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20 Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace and is in proud collaboration with Secret Chord Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders today with Yoni Shochet, a seasoned entrepreneur with a successful track record in the Israeli cybersecurity landscape. Yoni received his Bachelor's of Science in Mathematics at the age of 19 and completed his service in the Israel Defense Forces as a cybersecurity team leader and project manager at one of Israel's most esteemed military intelligence units. Valence is the second cybersecurity startup Yoni has founded, following his time as CEO and co-founder of SCAD Defense, a pioneer in industrial IoT cybersecurity. Thank you very much for spending this time with me. Uh, I'm really excited to dive into your own journey, your journey, cybersecurity, Valence, SaaS security. What even got you into cyber in the first place? Uh, you're a serial entrepreneur in the cyberspace. So this is not a, you know, it's not just a new hobby of yours. This is something that you've been dedicating uh, quite a bit of time and energy into. And so let's start there. You know, take me back, Yoni. What prompted you into the cybersecurity scene? Yeah, so I think I always was looking to, to challenge myself, uh, even as a teenager. So I started my bachelor's degree when I was 16 in mathematics, and I finished it right before the kind of mandatory Israeli military service here in Israel. And by the age of 16, uh, age of 19, I already had a bachelor's degree, and I joined uh, an elite uh, cyber unit. And, and from there, it kind of took me into the cyber world and into more of the technology-oriented world of cyber research and on how to do a... How today attackers think and operate in the modern world and how influential it is across the board uh, on our, everything we do on our day-to-day life. And from there, once I finished my military service as a captain after about six years, um, I started my first startup uh, called Skatefence, focused on uh, industrial IoT cybersecurity and helping manufacturing and critical infrastructure companies to secure their operational technology environments. And about uh, 18 months ago, I started uh, Valence, which is my uh, second cybersecurity startup focused on really on SaaS security. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so take me back 18 months or so. You have, um, you know, quite a bit of experience in this field and you're looking at the different opportunities that there are in this cyberspace and we're, we're, we're at, you know, in 2021. What's happening in, in the landscape that you're, as if you're putting yourself back in that seat, what understandings do you have about the world we're in that lead you to sort of focus with valence? Yeah, so I think I always uh, joke that the uh, cybersecurity startups are sometimes like a uh, mushroom after the rain. So there was a large breach at the end of 2020 uh, called SolarWinds uh, Breach Campaign, where which exposed a lot of weaknesses in today's modern cybersecurity ecosystem. 
And and what triggered for me the, the most interest is really the third-party risk element and the fact that today we're so dependent on third-party services and vendors that have high-privilege access and high-privilege capabilities to access our data, our privileges, our day-to-day business processes. And this uh, led within that attack campaign to different uh, weaknesses within a modern enterprise uh, security uh, attack surfaces uh, that really prompt us to focus on what Valence uh, started with, which is really more focused on how do we grant access to third-party vendors to our environment. And from there, it evolved to how do we even trust these third-party services and how they're configured and how they're properly managed to use by different business users across the organization. Right. And so the, what you're talking about is much more collaborative, collaborative, microservice, third-party integration approach. Well, if we're looking at the, the situation today in the software space, in terms of companies, what are the different vulnerabilities that have emerged as a result of the changing landscape going from on-prem to cloud and having so many of these new service providers come up? Yeah, so I think about a decade ago, if you would look at a lot of cybersecurity attacks and, and breaches, a lot of them focused on zero days and on vulnerabilities and on very mm-hmm. complex uh, software uh, issues and vulnerabilities. But today, attackers don't really need to hack. All they need to find is find the right uh, account or find the right uh, credential or find the right access token. And from there, they can get access to high-privilege systems and to just properly configure their way all the way to, until they're able to eventually perform their malicious action or to get access to the data that they're after. Uh, and the, the ecosystem is really changing because we no longer need to think about just the sophisticated attack that is leveraging a very high-end technology capability, but how do we protect from our day-to-day misconfigurations that we can perform today in these cloud environments where we don't own most of the infrastructure, we own very a very small portion of the infrastructure, but the, the shared responsibility model is shifting all the responsibility to the customer side to properly manage and configure these SaaS applications. And as kind of technology is democratizing and decentralizing, we're starting to see more and more uh, entities within the businesses, whether it's a uh, uh, developers or marketing teams or sales teams or IT or HR that are now able to build and configure logic within the organization, which is great for the business. You can innovate and run fast, but it also creates a lot of opportunities for these types of misconfigurations that attackers can leverage today within the within the environment. And so how does how does Valence counter that? Yeah, so what we've learned over the uh, since we started Valence is that for most of our customers, the biggest challenge is not to know about more problems. I've heard again and again from security leaders, I don't want to get visibility into problems that I cannot solve. What the security teams care the most today about is how do they show effective risk reduction over time? So not only how do they show, hey, I know about all my problems and I have a nice map of my risk surface, but how do I effectively uh, apply the proper remediation controls and the proper um, risk mitigation over time to eliminate risk within the environment? So what we've built is that if it, what we understood is that if eventually uh, SaaS in our case is adopted in a democratized and decentralized manner, it only makes sense to have the proper decentralized and democratized remediation workflows within the organization that allow the security teams to engage and collaborate with the different business users within the organization to remediate risks, whether if it's identity security risk, data protection, third-party integrations, misconfigurations, across the board within your SaaS environment, like uh, Salesforce and Google Workspace and Microsoft 365 and Slack and GitHub and Okta and all these different business-critical SaaS applications. Do you have um, 
it's sort of a snowball effect as you are able to understand the different SaaS applications and and how they're configured. And so as you approach the N plus one company that you're selling to, you're coming in with a bulk of knowledge. In other words, is there transferred knowledge between, you know, as you work and as you progress? Yeah, so I think one of the core value pillars that we provide is the outsource expertise, so to say. So mm. we reduce the level of expertise that each security team needs to have within each one of these applications. Because eventually a lot of these SaaS applications have a lot of overlap and similarities, but also a lot of differences. And for a security team to understand how do you define a certain configuration or permission set in Microsoft 365 compared to how it's configured in Salesforce, compared to how it's configured in Slack, Plastion, Zendesk, and all these core SaaS applications, it's very complex. It requires a lot of knowledge. It requires a lot of hands-on experience with these platforms. In a lot of cases, the security team doesn't even have access to these platforms. They don't know how the interface even looks like. And we simplify their ability to not be the expert in each one of these SaaS applications, but to, ev to be able to define their desired state in their own language, in the security language, and to help apply it on a continuous basis within their environment of SaaS applications. And so how do you, how do you see this evolve now? If you're looking at valence 18 months in, where, where, where are you at today and where, where, how are you evolving right now? Yeah, so we started uh, with a very narrow focus in terms of uh, the problems that we're trying to solve and we're adding more and more capabilities within our platform. And eventually what we're building, what we have today is a SaaS security uh, platform that helps security teams not have to ad uh, adopt and install, and install multiple different security controls or security solutions in order to secure the different uh, uh, risk surfaces that they have within SaaS applications, but to be the SaaS security platform that helps you get the visibility you need and to be able to remediate the risks properly by engaging and collaborating with business users across the board within the organization. So this process really allows you to get an end-to-end -end capability that covers and checks all the boxes, whether if it's compliance, misconfiguration management, uh, supply chain risk reduction, or whatever it is within your SaaS applications. And over time, we uh, will evolve to be more and more the platform for SaaS application, application and the one-stop shop for all the security needs within it. So, you know, we're, we're talking about platforms, one-stop shops. I mean, this, the, it, this requires a lot of trust and, and engagement from, from obviously the people that are bringing valence into their own system. It requires that they really put their, their trust and faith with you, not just to solve a niche problem in their security gap, but really for, for their whole uh, SaaS security. How do you build that trust? How do you get to a position where you can come into an organization and say, I'm your platform, I, I'm your one-stop shop? Obviously, it's an amazing accomplishment, but how, how do you even get there from, a, from a, a relationship perspective with the customer? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that when we started and we were just uh, Shlomi, my co-founder, myself, and we started working with our early design partners uh, and we, we asked to access their platforms and to better understand how the risk surfaces looked like. And they, they looked at us and they said, OK, you're just a two people company. How, how can we trust you? So we uh, built technology solutions that allow to reduce the friction and the, uh, the level of trust that is needed to prove our value one step at a time until we earn more and more of their trust and open up the ability to, for them to enjoy our full benefits, but for us to also justify their trust. And we invested early on in our, the best practices in terms of security, compliance, privacy, and everything else. And I think today, uh, like you mentioned, 18 months in, uh, we're already backed with uh, by some of the best investors in the industry. So Microsoft's uh, M12 led our Series A uh, together with participation of Akamai and Porsche Ventures, which is uh, shows a lot of uh, 
very respectable uh, uh, corporates and enterprises within the world that did their vetting system and said, Valence is our bet for the B2B SaaS security platform. And especially when it comes from security vendors or from uh, leading enterprises or from uh, SaaS vendors, this is a very uh, significant statement within the, within the market. And also with help with uh, early advisors and investors. So we have uh, some of the best CISOs of the, in the world that invested in the company early on. It really helps to say these people are legit and they, uh, they can be trustworthy in kind of a, a more of a transitive manner of uh, if I trust them, then I can trust uh, 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 the people that uh, trust them. Is there a quantitative way to, be, to create comparisons between companies or, or some benchmark mechanism to be able to determine how different companies fare in, in this world of yours? Yeah, so I think it's, uh, it's pretty challenging because it's still uh, a lot of companies are still in the startup mode. So you need to reduce the noise ratio between what they say they do and what they actually do because uh, good entrepreneurs can uh, create magic to think as if uh, they built the world even though they haven't done it yet. Uh, so I think it's very challenging in the maturity uh, of the current market that we're playing in. Uh, but obviously as the market evolves, there are more of a third-party at the station companies like uh, Gardner and others that try to provide some kind of a comparison and create some kind of a this criteria that you can check boxes accordingly. But we still see that today, a lot of the questions that we receive from uh, from the market are are still not in a mature state that will allow to define, uh, I would say, a good, good criteria that you can judge the environment accordingly. Right. I think that makes sense. And as you, so, so if we're looking at this industry growing, obviously this is something that every company is going to need. Uh, even if they don't already think so, um, how are you imagining valence down the line? We mentioned platform one-stop shop. If you're imagining sort of the suite of businesses around the world that are that are relevant here, what is sort of the, the go-to-market or what is sort of the relationship that you'll have with them as they're preparing to, to onboard some vendor? How are you positioning valence as the vendor for this? Yeah, so I think today a lot of uh, businesses and especially security teams, when they adopt a uh, best of breed SaaS applications, because they don't mm -hmm. have good control and governance uh, measures and the bright guardrails to guide their users, uh, they try to block everything. So they say you can use Microsoft 365, but you cannot share files on OneDrive. It's all only share internally, or you cannot use this function, or you cannot use that function. You cannot create integrations. You cannot use tokens. And it really limits the scope of the value of these platforms. And as organizations are going through the first phase of moving towards SaaS and are starting to evolve to become more modern SaaS native in their orientation, they will need to start opening up a lot of these limitations that they're putting in. Otherwise, the business will find workarounds because historically what we've seen is that if a security team defines something that is inconvenient for a certain team within the organization, so like, uh, let's say with developers, then they'll find a workaround to get what they want because th they care only about the business. And they want to make sure that the business is successful, not because they're bad or malicious. And security teams will have to adjust to how do they, how do they, how do they want to be the enablers and to work together with their business uh, users in order to mm -hmm. allow them to feel more secure. To, so to educate them, to empower them, and to uh, allow them to run fast and to use the platforms, but to ensure that if they go too much to the right, too much to the left, then there are the proper guardrails to keep them in place and to focus on what matters in terms of not only the business and the value, but also the security aspect. So an interesting involvement for the security teams. Why are you so uh, excited and interested in what you do? What, what's in it for you? 
Yeah, so I like to build stuff, and I like to 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 make to kind of feel that I have the, an influence uh, on my day to day. I love working, and I love my, I love my job, and I I, I love to uh, put in the hours and put in the effort to make uh, everybody that is uh, kind of influenced by our company uh, satisfied. So uh, obviously, it starts with kind of our our employees and the internal team, and uh, goes through our customers, partners, investors. And the entire ecosystem that we're kind of working with to make sure that uh, they're properly satisfied from the value and in in what we're providing. We're not looking to kind of be a, a platform that you hate, but you have to buy or something like that. We want to make sure that we solve a real pain. And this is why we're very customer obsessed in everything that we do and that we really listen and work with our customers and make sure that we properly adjust according to the involvement of what they need. And luckily enough, we had great early believers in that term and that they helped really shape the vision of what we're now establishing within the market because we were able to really listen to their problems and to uh, evolve and extend our vision and to uh, expand it to new areas and problem spaces. And it really excites me to see when when we come and go on a customer call and they tell us, uh, so what's new? And we showed them a new capability that we built or delivered and they said, Oh God, I, I didn't realize that this is what I needed, but this is really what I needed. And this is great that you came with this because I didn't know how to kind of express my specific need. But if you listen enough mm-hmm. to, to the ecosystem and to the environment, you can really find the right, uh, the right pain points that you need to tackle. And usually entrepreneurs need to be very good uh, product people in order to um, shape the right strategy and product strategy within the company. Still, the, the leap from being a builder and being satisfied by these New, new advancements and the new insights, there, there's still not enough to go on a crazy entrepreneurial <laughs> journey twice. So where, where's that coming from? Yeah, I think that once you go entrepreneur, it's very difficult, difficult to go. Otherwise, uh, you just mentioned that you uh, started a company recently. I think you'll, you'll see it uh, definitely firsthand. It's very difficult to do anything else. Uh, the level of excitement, the level of thrill, the level of influence, the ability to every day do something that you wouldn't believe that you would do that day or that to tackle new problems. And even if it's to just a, a have the ability and the flexibility to work all around across the board with multiple different uh, elements. So I can be one hour a, a marketing person, the other hour a salesperson, the third hour a product person, a research a, a hard technology problem. I can go all around. It really allows me to, I think, a, from my personal perspective to, to bring my best of myself out, but also to, to influence and help other people that are surrounding us and that, that can really progress themselves, uh, whether if it's for their business or for their personal career. I love that. Uh, and and I, I love the, the way that you're looking at uh, sort of the, the, just the simple but, but, but really founded idea that once you start as an, once you go as an entrepreneur, it's very hard to do anything else because of you, you realize the level of thrill and you constantly surprise yourself. What was the biggest leap uh, from a leadership perspective that you've observed yourself, whether it be your six years in the IDF or with uh, the two startups? Where, where have you seen the biggest leap for you in terms of your, your own leadership? Yeah, I think that the, when I shifted from like, let's say a well-structured organization like the, the Israel Intelligence Forces to more of the startup world, although there are a lot of similarities, but I think what, what you need to realize is that uh, every, every day or every, let's say, short period of time, you need to assess and understand what is the most influential aspect that you can really help and impact the company. Because you can't do everything, even though you want to do everything. 
And you need to have very uh, straight focus or very uh, narrow focus on what you're focused and what you're uh, going to work on today. What is going to be the big task that you're going to work on today? Where does your team need the more help, most help? Where does your team need you to back off from? Or whatever it is internally within the company, and to really be able to focus your uh, your efforts and your and your attention to the most uh, influential aspects. Uh, and I think this is a constant challenge. It requires you to be able to measure very carefully what's going on, to know what's going on, to understand and maybe anticipate the next steps. Especially in today's uh, market economy, where uh, you know it's uh, there's a lot of uncertainty regarding what's going on. So let's say fundraising over the past few months, and we just announced our Series A a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so fundraising is definitely uh, what's top of mind, and it really now allows us to focus and, and to be able to maybe not take uh, call calls with investors and maybe focus yeah. more on building the platform, building the business, generating more revenue, and making sure that we build a sustainable long-term business and being able to do this type of balance and to make sure that uh, one day you do this and the other day you do a completely different aspect is something that is uh, requires a lot of uh, a lot of self-awareness and a lot of uh, continuous measurement across the board of what you are doing and what that other team members within the company are doing or not doing. Phenomenal. Yoni, thank you so much. This was so enjoyable. Uh, best of luck with the journey of Valence and the next startup and the next <laughs> startup. I really appreciate your time. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. 